Well, it is good to have you here with us today. I want to thank Greg and Rebecca Ells and their family for lighting the first candle in our Advent wreath this year, the candle of hope. Would you help me thank them for for doing that today? Um, Throughout the Advent season, we will be preparing ourselves for the celebration of Christmas Eve and what happened at the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day. So there are a couple of things I want to let you know about. Uh, First of all, you you heard the guys talk a little bit about Shine the Light. I want to give a little explanation of that. Instead of doing an event here on campus this year, because it does appear that the numbers for COVID-related cases are ticking up just a little bit uh, during this time frame, and uh, we, we want to be safe and provide social distancing, and yet at the same time celebrate who Christ is and the fact that the baby was born in Bethlehem and and that we're all the benefactors of that. And so here's what we want to do. We want to encourage you to be a light in your neighborhood. And so we want to encourage you to decorate your house and light it up so that the people around you can can be a part of the celebrating the Christmas story. And and here's the, the way you can be a part of that. That way families from our community and from our church will have a place where it's safely in their cars as a family, they can go from place to place and see the different Christmas decorations. Kind of like some of you guys do the fall color cruises where you go out and see the colored leaves and all that stuff. Well, this is an opportunity to do this with Christmas lights at Christmas. And if you don't want to decorate your house, um, but you know a place that is really, really cool, here's what I want to encourage you to do. On that, if you're on campus, there's a, a QR code on t- in front of one of the, the chairs in front of you. And if you could click on that, it'll take you to a contact form, and you could give us the address of somebody you know who really, really decorates well. In fact, I've already seen a few places around town I'm planning to to submit, because here's what we're going to do. We're going to put that list together, and in about two weeks, we will be emailing it. We'll be making it available to uh, everybody in our congregation, and also through our website to to folks in the community, so so that they can have an opportunity to celebrate the story of the birth of Jesus this year in a safe way for families to be able to do a family event together. So you can help us one of two ways, either decorate your house or you can, you can give us the address of a place that you really like to go yourself and, and then uh, just be watching. We'll give you, we will not post your name, by the way. Uh, we will post your address. Uh, and so people can drive by and, and see the displays that you have. The other thing I want to let you know about is I'm so excited because last year it was at Christmas time that I preached an entire Christmas series to nobody in the room. Just people online, all right? And I'm so excited this year that there are people in the house. I'm just so glad that you're here. Now, those of you online, I love you too. I'm glad you're there. Uh, but, but the fact is, it's just more fun with those of you in the room. And last year, I actually had to light every candle every week myself, all right? Uh, for those of you who were watching, like I, I would, I, at the end of the sermon, I'd go light the Advent candle, right? So, so this year, some of you get to help me light the Advent candle. I'm so grateful for that. Also, we've, we're trying to create, uh, again, safe, socially distanced places uh, that we very much uh, are trying to keep our facility that way, and I want to thank our facility staff for doing a great job with that. But uh, throughout this winter season, we'll continue uh, with the, the uh, anti-COVID sprays and all the things that we do to make this a safe place and the six feet apart on the aisles and all of that kind of thing. And if you, if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, you're welcome to wear a mask. If you don't feel comfortable wearing a mask, we're okay with that as well. 
but we just want you to be safe this season. But we want to create some places for families. And so on December 12th and December 19th and then Christmas Eve, um, we've invited our worship leaders to each take uh, a time and to celebrate. On those Sunday mornings, we're going to sing Christmas carols. We're going to celebrate the season. We're going to we're going to have a, a like a mini concert each of those weeks. And for those of you that don't know, Sarah uh, McLaughlin, uh, who is our worship leader today, is a, an independent artist here in the area who, uh, in addition to being a worship leader, uh, plays venues all over central Indiana and the Midwest. Heather Lake Bays, who was our, our worship leader last Sunday, she also plays uh, venues all over the Midwest with symphonies and that type of thing and, and sings with them as a guest artist. And each of them are going to take a Sunday morning. Uh, so Heather on December the 12th and then Sarah on December the 19th, they're going to lead us on both of those Sunday mornings and singing Christmas carols and doing all of that. And then uh, Lake Jones from our congregation will be here. And Christmas Eve this year, we will be doing a, our Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. Uh, here in the sanctuary in person as well as we will stream it live that day. And then we're also going to stream it at noon on Christmas Day and 6 p.m. on Christmas Day. So you have your choice whether you're an on-demand on person or a stream it live person or a I just got to be in the room person. We want you to know this Christmas season we're we're ready for you. And for those of you who've had your trees up for weeks, like my wife, my wife is a Christmas fanatic. Like Halloween came and two little kids came to, our, came to our house to get candy. What they didn't know was behind the door was all the Christmas decorations. And as soon as they were done, I mean, the tree was already up in another room, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we just want you to know that we're, you know, we, we are, it's now official you're, you, you, you are past Thanksgiving, so none of you have an excuse for being Scrooge now, all right? You, you need to be ready. It's Christmas, and this Advent season, we are going to celebrate the light of Jesus Christ. So I wanted to let you know about all of those and why I'm so pumped up on this Sunday morning after all the turkey and all the food that we ate a couple of days ago. I'm so grateful to be here to worship with you and to talk about what it means to have the power of the light of God in our lives. And there's a a passage that I want, oh, and by the way, children uh, who are in the service, I hope you picked up one of the kids' uh, uh, sheets that are out at the information table. Uh, If you didn't, mom, dad, even while I'm talking, you can slip out at the info table. They'll get one and and get them back to you. Uh, This is a family worship day, so we've provided uh, that for our our children. Uh, Next Sunday, we will be back to having our regular kids' ministries at 9 and 11. But, um, But today, I, I just want you to know there's some fill-in-the-blank stuff. So kids, there's a word I'm going to use over and over again today. You keep listening. You'll figure it out pretty soon. It will literally light up your life. Can you take a hint? All right? Uh, and, and look at that. So here's, here's what I want to do. I want us to read the Christmas story from the Gospel of John. Now, the first time I said that to a congregation of people, I had somebody look at me and go, the Christmas story's not in the Gospel of John. You're wrong, Pastor. It's only in Matthew and Luke. I mean, there's nothing about wise men. There's nothing about shepherds. There's nothing about Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph. None of them make an appearance in the Gospel of John. 
It doesn't even talk about John the Baptist's parents and how he was born. I mean, the Christmas story is not in the Gospel of John. No, 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 no. It is in the Gospel of John. In fact, I'm going to read you the Christmas story from the Gospel of John right now from John chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 1. Now, you're going to have to listen because it's not going to be on the screens yet because I want you to hear it, all right? I want you to hear the Christmas story from John, the beloved disciple who sat at the, literally on the Last Supper, sat next to Jesus at the table. John, who, who was standing at the foot of the cross when Jesus died, to whom, to whom Jesus from the cross looked down and said to John and his mother, behold your son, behold your mother. He, he basically gave his responsibility to care for his mother as the oldest child in his family to John, who wrote this book. And John writes about who Jesus is. Well, listen to the story. In the beginning was the Word. That's another name for Jesus. And the Word, Jesus, was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, some of you, as I'm reading that, are going, but pastor, that doesn't say anything about Bethlehem. You're right. But it says everything about Christmas. Because Christmas is when God became flesh and dwelt among us. Christmas is when, when the God of the universe, who created everything that is, sent his one and only son to be born helplessly as a baby in a manger, to become light in the midst of of the darkness. And the reason I shared all those things with you a few minutes ago about what we're going to be doing over the next month here at Eastside Church to share with our community about the light of Jesus Christ is because Christmas calls us to experience and share the light of Jesus. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to sing a song. Um, some of you probably sang it as well because I look around the room and some of you are, are my age. Some of you are younger than I am. Maybe you didn't sing this song or some of you who are much older than me, maybe you didn't sing the song either. But we sang a little song that went like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, 
I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I love this part. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh, and then there was this one. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. There's nobody on the front row, so I'm not spitting on anybody. All right? Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. See, the, the reality is the Christmas story is not just for you. The Christmas story is not just about the presents you're going to get. It's not just about the family reunion. It's not just about the food. For heaven's sake, it's not about the Hallmark movies. The Christmas story is about the light of the world coming into the darkness. The light that that makes a difference. And and this Christmas here at Eastside, what we're asking you to do, whether you're with us on campus or online or you watch us on demand, is to find a way in your life, in your circle, with your friends, with your family, to let your light shine. Not the light of your life, but the light of Jesus Christ. Look at these words again from John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him, here it is, was life. And life was the light of humanity. Life was the light of humanity. You see, the reason the Christmas story is so important is because in the middle of the darkness, the light still shines. We discovered something here in the last year talking about darkness and light. It's a, I don't know why it took me so long to figure it out, but, but it's just been one of those revelations I've had in my life. And that is this. If you take a, a, a room, two rooms in a house, one room is dark, the other room is light, and if you open the door between them, you will never ever in your entire life see the darkness bleed into the light. But every time, the light will bleed into the darkness. And why is that so important? Because right now, folks, we're entering into our second Christmas in a pandemic. We're entering into our second Christmas in a a time when the darkness seems to have overcome the light. And yet what John tells us is that that can never happen. What physics tells us is that can never happen. What our experience tells us is that that can never happen. Oh, it feels like it can happen. It feels like the darkness wins. It feels like the bad stuff is overwhelming. It feels like it's never going to get any better. But trust me, that's the candle of hope over there. And the candle of hope lets us know that the light will always overcome the darkness. So shining the light in your own heart, shining the light in your own home, shining the light in your neighborhood, shining the light in our communities is the most important thing that we can do this Christmas. It's the greatest gift we can give a world that right now is caught up in the power of the darkness. It seems so dark. And yet, John tells us that in Jesus was life. And the life was the light for everybody. That, that's everybody. You know, anti-vaccine people, pro-vaccine people, anti-mask people, pro-mask people. 
people of color, people of ethnicity, people who look like you, people who don't look like you, people who speak English, people who don't speak English, people who've been somewhere you've been and people who've never been where you've been. See, right now, it feels like the darkness is winning. But what Christmas lets us know is that the darkness will never, ever win. See, the light of Jesus cannot be overcome by the darkness or by rejection. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, John, John tells us, and he kind of sandwiches it around the story about John the Baptist, who was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. First of all, he, he says this in, in, in John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then he says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So the, the darkness never overcomes the light. The light overcomes the darkness. Years ago, I, I was speaking in Arizona at a church gathering. It was one of those uh, statewide gatherings where churches from around the state of Arizona came together in, in Phoenix uh, for a, a large service that they had there in the city. And it was the middle of the summer. And their tradition was to have this huge service on, on, in the middle of the week. I think it was a Wednesday night. It was a great service. In fact, it was a service where Hispanic congregations and, and Anglo congregations came together. It was, a, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. It was, it was one of those times where uh, the way they did the worship was really cool. That when, when you're singing the songs, on one screen it would be in English and the other screen it would be in Spanish. And instead of somebody saying, well, I'm going to sing it in English, then sing it in Spanish, what they did was they said, whatever your language, you sing it that way. And so half the vocalists on the platform sang it in Spanish, and half the vocalists on the platform sang it in English at the same time. And then the people in the congregation sang it the same way, at the same time. Whatever was their, whatever was their language, they spoke that. They sang that. And I'll be honest with you, as the speaker, it was a little intimidating to get up later and have to have a translator for part of the service, but, but here's what I know. I know that in those moments, in that place, it was this beautiful, beautiful sound that to me was probably the closest thing I'll ever experience to what was on that first day of Pentecost when, when all these people spoke in languages that they could understand but they had never learned before. And yet, the next day, they said, we're not going to stay here in the city. It's too hot. I agreed with them. It was 120 degrees. I mean, they're like, it's a dry heat. Yeah, but so's your oven, Okay. And, and, and so we're like, no, we're, we're, headed, we're headed out to the mountains. And so everybody from these churches packed up and went north of the city to a place called Prescott, up in the mountains. And it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. I'd never been there before. I, I was so taken with it. And then, and then after the Thursday night service, the the director came to me and said, hey, now listen, tomorrow night we're going to do something. And I know you, you live in the Midwest, and you're just, you're, you guys are just kind of handicapped there. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm from the great Midwest. I don't know what Midwest you're from, but I'm from the great Midwest, all right? I mean, y'all can't do this country without us. I'll just let you know, all right? The Midwest rocks. In fact, I want to start a new hashtag movement, hashtag great Midwest, all right? And, and I want everybody to understand. And I'm like, he's like, no, trust me. We're going to take you on a hayride. Hayride? 
Like we don't do that in Indiana? I mean, come on, we invented this stuff. We got, you know, we, we know how to do farming and, and all that. He said, no, no, you've never been on a hayride like this hayride. I said, well, yeah, well, I've been on lots and lots of hayrides. He's like, no, bring your family. After you preach tomorrow night, after the service, we're going to take you on a hayride. So I'm like, okay, right, I'm the guest. I got to do this. So we get on this, in this hay wagon pulled by a tractor, and they start taking us up the mountain. I said, where are we going? I said, we're going to the top of the mountain. And they got all the way to the top of the mountain. And when we got to the top of the mountain, the director who was driving the tractor said to everybody, turn off all of your, all of your phones, all of your flashlights, all your electronic stuff, turn it off. So everybody does. And then he turns off the tractor and the light. And he says to me, with everybody there, now see, Pastor, Look at those stars. Do they have stars like that in Indiana? I'm like, it's the same sky. They're the same stars. He said, yeah, but, but here they just feel so close. And I'm like, yeah, because we're on a mountain. I mean, they may be a few thousand feet closer, but in the scheme of the universe, that's not that much closer. Why does it look so bright? I said, because the darkness is so dark. And in Indiana, if you get far enough away from the city, you can sit in the middle of your cornfield or your soybean field, thank you very much, and see the same stars, just as bright. And why in the world would I tell you a story like that, talking about Christmas? Because that's exactly who you've been called to be. That's exactly who the church has been called to be. The stars that shine in the darkness. To let your light shine. To be the person in the midst of the depression, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the brokenness. The the promise is there from God's word. The darkness will never overcome the light. You've got to know that in the second Christmas of a pandemic. You've got to know that when mental health issues are astronomically higher than they've ever been in this country before. You've got to know that when the hatred and the vitriol and the anger is just bubbling up all around us. You've got got to know the darkness cannot, does not, will not win. The light wins. That's the story of the Bible. That's why Christmas is so important. It reminds us that the light always wins. No matter how dark it gets, the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. Because the contrast between those of you in whom Jesus dwells, those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, the contrast is so much brighter. The darker it gets. Oh, and one other thing. You also need to know that even when the world rejects him, he won't go away. Even when the world rejects the light, the light still shines. Uh, for years I heard this uh, quote from the pastor of another generation back in the 60s named W.A. Criswell. He's a pastor of, the, at that time, the largest Baptist church in the world out in Dallas. Founder of Dallas Theological Seminary. Tremendous, tremendous man. And, uh, and when the Russians sent the first manned space flight up into 
into space, beat the United States in that part of the space race. And the newspaper headlines were all over the world. And there was a quote that came out of, out of that time frame in the newspapers because it was from, from supposedly the, the cosmonaut who made the trip, a man named uh, Joris Garrigan, that, that, he, that he was asked the question, or he made the statement, I have, I have been to the heavens and I did not see God. To which Dr. Criswell, the next Sunday morning, got up and said, let him step out of his space capsule and he will see God. <laughs> and for years, we've all giggled at that story. But can I tell you something? It's only part of the story. See, the, the other part of the story is that Yoris, when he came back, Yoris Garion was a, actually a very devout Russian Orthodox Christian believer. And when he went up and then he came back and he was asked the question, what did you see God? To Khrushchev, the head of the party, the head of the government, who asked him, did you see God? He said, according to his biographer, yes, because I see God everywhere. But it was Khrushchev who said that Yuri had been to the heavens, and he had not seen God. And it got quoted and misquoted all over the world. Now, that's no, no slam on Dr. Criswell. He's just reacting to the newspaper headline. But according to Garrigan's biographers, his faith was always an issue. So much so that now he's a, he's a national celebrity in the Soviet Union because he's the first person to go into space. But he was a person who was devout in his Orthodox, Russian Orthodox faith, so much so that he was always in conflict with the Communist Party. And they assigned him to, to teach. He and his best friend, who was also a believer, they assigned him to teach at their Air Force Academy. And he kept getting in trouble because he kept telling the young students there about the fact that, you know what? God created everything I've ever seen. God made a difference in my life. You need to know who Jesus is. You need to know the God who created everything. You see, even when a culture, even when a country, even when a political party totally rejects the light, the light still shines. Don't despair in the darkness this Christmas. Don't, don't give up hope in the darkness this Christmas. Because John, John's telling you the Christmas story. The word which was in the beginning, the word through which everything was created, the word who is Jesus Christ, he is the light, and he has come into the darkness of our world, and the darkness will never overcome it. And get this, he gives you the same choice a Russian cosmonaut had. And every person who's ever lived has. And that is, that is the choice of becoming a person who follows Jesus. See, those who choose the light of Jesus become the children of God. Now, I, I know you were 
created by God. I know that, that at the beginning, God breathed his image into us, breathed his spirit. I know we were made in the likeness of God. I know there are many fine attributes about being a human being, but, but what I want you to know is without Jesus Christ, you're not living the way you were created to live. As we've talked this fall, you're, you're living far beneath your dignity until you choose to live in the light instead of the darkness. Because the darkness will never, ever overcome the light. And you, my friend, you were created to be light. To be a place where the light of Jesus shines in the midst of the darkness. To be his daughter, his son. Look at it the way John put it again. But to all who did receive him, when others rejected him, To all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. John makes it very clear. I'm not talking about family tradition here. I'm not talking about your genealogy here. I'm not talking about your DNA here. I'm talking about being born again. I'm talking about being born into the light I'm talking about being a child of God who is his daughter, who is his son, who makes a choice to step out of the darkness and into the light. And that's what Christmas is about. That's why I'm so excited this year to invite you to help us to be a part of the kingdom of God. To shine the light in the spot where you are, in the job where you are, in the neighborhood where you are, in the dormitory where you live, in the apartment complex that you share, in any place your foot treads to be the daughter, to be the son, to be the child of God. Because if you do, if you do, if you choose the light of Jesus, John makes a promise. You will get to see the glory of God revealed in the grace and truth of Jesus. You you get to see the glory of God. Do you remember the Christmas story in Luke? We're going to talk about it here in a few weeks, but, but, but do you remember what happened to those shepherds who were out on the hillside watching the sheep, actually the sheep that would be sacrificed in the temple for the, as the sacrificial lambs for the sacrifices for the people of Israel. Do, do, do you remember what, what happened to them when they were out there? Do you remember the way that Luke records the story? Go back and read it sometime this week in, in your devotions. Here's what he says. He says that the shepherds were watching their fields and the flock by night. When an angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Oh, would that it would be so in Madison County, in Delaware County, in Grant County, in in Henry County, in Hamilton County, in central Indiana, in the world, wherever you live. That in the midst of the darkness... People would see the light of Jesus Christ in you because you choose him and not the darkness. And the glory of God would shine so brilliantly. And somebody says, man, we got to go see this thing. (laughs) We got to go see this. 
We, we've, never, we've never seen people who love like these people. We've never seen people who care like these people. We've never seen people who can tr- be trusted like these people. Oh, this Christmas, my friends, I invite you to be people who choose the light of Jesus because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace to forgive us and truth to lead us. To lead us where? In paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to ask you this morning, wherever you are, to consider what choice you're making. Are you choosing the darkness or are you choosing the light? I invite you to choose the light. In these next few minutes, I invite you, wherever you are, to make that choice right now because that's the power of the light the power to overcome the darkness, the power to change us deep inside, the power to make us the children of God and see his glory full of grace and truth.